around the world, they drink this beverage in its many exotic forms. Half coffee and half hot milk. I want to, I want to. I want to, I want to. I'll praise the Lord, Lord. and keep the faith. Only G.O.D. could be a king to me. If you love me, you got to represent him well. Come and have a good time with G.O.D. Believe the scripture. Thank you for tuning in to Macchiato's Music and the Scriptures. I'm your host, Martinez. Please subscribe to these podcasts on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Spotify. You can send your emails to mmsmedia314 at gmail.com. You can also follow me on all social media at mbills314. Now, if you're tuning in from Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or however you may have clicked on this link or maybe came upon this podcast, you didn't come to this podcast by accident we thank god that you're here and we believe that uh, some things are going to be discussed today that i believe is going to change your life for the better um this is part three of our first ever series that we've been teaching on which is on prayer prayer one-on-one and uh the first part we dealt with petition prayer you're welcome to go back and listen to part one part two we dealt with an accessory prayer and now part three we're going to deal with something that some people may think is controversial, but I don't know why it's controversial because it's biblical. So today we're going to deal with speaking or praying in other tongues. Let's just jump right into it. Go with me to Acts chapter two. Let's start at verse one. It says on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting verse 3 then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them and everyone underline that word or highlight that word everyone present was filled that's a key word was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages or other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Now, a backstory on this uh, scripture. This is the day of Pentecost. Pentecost is simply 50 days after the Lord rose from the dead. And there are so many scriptures to cover that I don't even think I'm going to be able to get to them all. But we're going to get to as many as we possibly can. So Jesus promised the Holy Spirit, right? You have the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Not three separate gods, one God manifested in three different forms. Jesus said that once I leave, John chapter 14, he said, once I leave, I'm going to send you an helper, a helper who is the Holy Spirit, and he's going to remind you of all the things that I said. Matter of fact, let's turn to that so we can read it. John 14, verse 25. It says, I have told you this while I'm still with you. However, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything. He will remind you of everything that I have ever told you. Okay, we'll just stop right there. So if you jump over to the book of Acts chapter 2, which is with the very first scripture we just read, you have now these people gathered together in the upper room it was 120 of them in the upper room and they were waiting on the lord's promise for the holy ghost right jesus had 
rose from the dead, and now he has ascended into heaven. Now, they remembered what Jesus spoke about in John 14 about him sending him, sending them a helper or sending us. It, I mean, even though we were not in the upper room, it's for all believers who will ever call upon his name. So that would include me, that would include you if you are a believer in Jesus Christ. So the initial part, they were waiting for the Holy Spirit to come, right? So in Acts chapter 2, what we read was a description of that event as to how the Holy Spirit came to them in the earth. Now that description does not mean that once you receive the Holy Spirit, that that is how you are going to, that you are going to have that same type of experience from the standpoint of you know cloven tongues of fire things like we things like we read in that description it's not going to be like that the key thing i want you to understand and know before we continue on is that they were believers already they were in the upper room these were not unsaved people they were these were not sinners these were not people who did not know christ these were believers gathered together in the upper room and now they're waiting on the promise of the Spirit. When the Holy Spirit came, it said that he filled them and they all began to speak with other tongues. Question. What do you think was the benefit of them speaking in other tongues? Let's read the benefit. We're talking about praying in other tongues, right? Praying, speaking in other tongues. Some people think it's controversial from the standpoint of some believers and, you know, certain denominations don't believe that we can, or that the Holy Ghost is infilling people today, meaning that he's not doing it from the standpoint of, you know, people can't pray in tongues no more, basically what I'm trying to say in short. That that doesn't happen anymore. That was just for the believers of old. And that us today, we cannot be filled with the Spirit anymore. So they say. Now, before I continue on, let you know that I am filled with the Spirit. I was filled with the Spirit at age 17. It's too late. No one can tell me that it doesn't work or that it's not for us today because I've, I've experienced it. You know, I can honestly say that 95% of my praying, I pray in the Spirit. Now, that's just different terminology you're even reading in scripture where it talks about praying in the spirit, praying in tongues, praying in the Holy Ghost. All those things are synonymous with tongues. OK, so let's go into it. Let's read. Let's start out. Oh, it's just so much. I'm just trying to figure out where I should go next. So I'm trying to let the Lord lead me as to what scriptures to go to, because I want you to understand. So let's go to First um, Corinthians chapter 14. Start at verse one. It says, let love be your highest goal but you should also desire the special abilities the spirit gives especially the ability to prophesy for if you have the ability to speak in tongues you will be talking only to god since people won't be able to understand you you will be speaking by the power of the spirit but it will all be mysterious but one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. But one who speaks a word of prophecy 
strengthens the entire church. So verse two, it says, for if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God. So one of the benefits of praying in tongues is this. That's one type of prayer that that's the only type of prayer that the enemy does not have an answer for. He doesn't know what you're saying. Watch this. You don't even know what you're saying because it's coming out of your spirit. And the scripture clearly says that you're talking only to God. You're not talking to your spouse. You're not talking to your brother, sister, cousin, mother. No one will understand you. Well, if we go on reading, it says it will all be a mystery. Watch this. It's a mystery only to your intellect. It's a mystery to your mind, to someone else that's around you. It is not a mystery to God. It is not a mystery to your spirit. You understand? And when a person is praying in the spirit or praying in tongues, this is not a language that you have learned. Okay? So this is not anything that you studied in school or your major or none of that you this is your this comes straight from heaven from the, given to you from the holy spirit now if you notice he mentioned prophecy and he mentioned tongues some people believe that tongues is a spiritual gift and it is but a spiritual gift from the standpoint of everyone doesn't have that ability to pray in tongues that is given to some and it's not given to others but people confuse that your personal prayer language of praying in tongues with tongues and interpretation. So if you notice, he says this um, verse two, let's go over this slowly. It says, for if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God since people won't be able to understand you. You will be speaking by the power of the spirit, but it will all be mysterious. But one who prophesies strengthens others encourages them and comforts them a person who speaks in tongues strengthens is strengthened personally so he's saying this a person who prophesies and the prophecy is simply um either someone tell you something that is going to happen in the future or something present that no one else will know but god and god has given them the ability to speak that into your life now, when someone prophesies, it's going to do these three things. It's going to either strengthen you, encourage you, or comfort you. Strengthen you, encourage you, or comfort you. It's not going to make you feel guilty. It's not going to make you feel bad. It's not going to, you know, cause you to go insane or something like that. Oh, God told me to tell you that you're about to die in three days. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Well, that didn't come from God. That came from the devil because according to this scripture, New Testament prophecy. So you might be thinking about Old Testament prophecy. You're thinking about Hezekiah and the stuff. Remember, we went over this um, a couple of episodes ago. We're under a new covenant. We're under a new dispensation. God does things different in this covenant that we're under. So prophecy is only to strengthen the believer, encourage the believer, or comfort the believer. Okay. So watch this. So if a person is praying in tongues, he's saying that if I come up to somebody and I just start talking in tongues, that's not going to benefit them. Number one, they probably gonna look at you crazy. And number two, you're probably scaring them. You know what I'm saying? That's not doing anything for them. The only thing that tongues is doing for the only person that's going to benefit out of the tongues is you. Tongues 
edifies you. The, I believe the King James Version says. So tongues, when you're praying in tongues, it's building up your spirit. Prophecy, everyone can receive because you can understand it. Okay, so I believe that the um, King James Version talks about, you know, I'd rather that you all prophesy than speak in tongues. He's not saying that prophecy is better than tongues. He's just simply saying that when it comes to the ability to understand, I'd rather you prophesy because tongues is personal. That's just building you up. You know, I can't build my brother and my sister up talking to them in tongues. I have to give them a word of encouragement from the scripture. Got that? Okay, I hope I wasn't too long-winded on that, but I want to make sure that you, you know, understand and comprehend what I'm saying. So verse 4, a person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. Verse 5, I wish you could all speak in tongues, but even more I would... I, but even more, I wish you could all prophesy, for prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues unless someone interprets what you are saying so that the whole church will be strengthened. Okay, you got that? So one is not greater than the other. He just said, I'd rather you prophesy because you'll be encouraging and strengthening the whole church rather than you yourself just being strengthened. Okay, so one of the benefits of praying in tongues is you're building up your spirit. And I want you to imagine a person lifting weights as you lift weights you know naturally you're getting stronger the more can the more you continue to do it the more you continue to go to the gym lifting weights eating right all that good stuff you're physically being strengthened so when you pray in tongues you are strengthening your spirit remember your spirit is you you are not your body what you see in me and what I see in you that's the house you live in we're familiar with these bodies because that's what we need to live in this earth right but your spirit is the real you once we leave this earth our spirit and soul separates from this body this body remains here and goes back to the dust but our spirit lives you know we go to be with the lord so that's what he's talking about the you the real you the real you is being strengthened it's like spiritual exercise when you're praying in the spirit okay so those are a couple of benefits. You strengthen yourself and you're only talking to God. Okay. Satan can't creep in and try to figure out, oh, I hear what you're saying. So for, for instance, if I'm going to God in my, you know, natural language, which my natural uh, tongue is English. Now you may be listening. Your natural tongue may be Spanish or Portuguese or whatever, but my natural tongue is English. So if I'm talking to God, like, you know, Lord, do this, do that, do that, da, 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 da. I'm just naming all these different things. And I'm not saying that the devil can speak English, but I'm just saying that um, he understands that. But when you pray in the spirit, he can't understand that. That's something that he can't comprehend. Because remember, it says you're speaking mysteries, right? Now, I'm sure you may be asking yourself, okay, these benefits sound amazing. And you may be thinking like, yo, I didn't learn. I never learned this in my church. And my church is against it or whatever, whatever. Or I heard tongues of the devil because some people say that. But how can tongues be of the devil if God is the one that gave us the ability? Need an inspiring word? You've come to the right place. You're listening to Macchiato's Music and the Scriptures podcast with Martinez. I know by being in this place that there's a whole lot of people that wants to know who this friend is. Why don't you tell them about it, Mark? Well, there is a friend sticks closer than any brother. I got, I got a lot of brothers, right? Yeah. You know who that friend is. Why don't you come about it? I'm going to tell you.
This concludes side A. Please flip to side B. It wants us to pray in the spirit. Okay. Now, once you get born again, right? Once you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you receive the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit now abides in you. Right? He brings the love of God in all those things. What I'm talking about is an experience. I'm talking about I'm talking about there's a difference between the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit, which all believers have versus the baptism of the Holy Ghost. OK, now, John talked about that in Matthew, chapter three, verse 11. He says, I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming soon who is greater than I, so much greater that I'm not worthy even to be his slave and carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Okay, so it's talking about so it's talking about a baptism. Now, baptism by definition is submerge, right? take water or sprinkle somebody on top of the head with water that's not considered baptism you just got sprinkled to be baptized means to emerge or submerge think about it just like that you have the indwelling presence of the holy spirit because you are a believer because you made jesus christ the lord of your life right now the baptism of the holy spirit is different it's a upon upon experience now let's go back to the book of acts Acts chapter 1 verse 7, Jesus speaking. He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So the very first scripture we read when we got started was Acts chapter 2. We jumped right into them getting filled with the Holy Spirit. 120 of them were in the upper room and they were waiting on the Holy Spirit. A chapter before, which is the chapter we're reading now, Jesus told them that they will receive power once the Holy Spirit comes upon them. So that's what I said. This is an upon experience. It's a baptism. It's like the Holy Spirit is coming on you and submerging you with his presence. You know, the scripture talks, calls them, you know, synonymous terms, different terms, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And every time that we read where someone got filled with the spirit, they spoke with other tongues. You cannot get filled biblically. And we're going to look at a couple of those scriptures. Every time someone got baptized with the Holy Ghost or filled with the Holy Spirit, they spoke in tongues. So it's synonymous. Okay? So it's no such thing as, oh, I got filled. Well, did you speak in tongues? No, I didn't. Well, you didn't get filled. You understand what I'm saying? Now, let me tell you what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that if you don't speak in tongues because you don't ever have to ever speak in tongues you may hear it and say you know what i heard all the benefits but i don't want it and that's fine you don't have to have it that does not mean that you will not go to heaven this is not a heaven or hell issue okay you do have some people who believe certain denominations believe that if a person 
does not speak in tongues if they are not truly saved and that they're going to hell. That's not biblical, okay? So just get that out of your mind that if you don't speak in tongues, you're not saved. That's not true. That's not even biblically accurate. But what I am saying is that if you are a believer, being filled with the Spirit definitely gives you more of an advantage in this life. It truly, truly helps. Because when you're in situations where you don't know what to pray for, and let's go to that. Let's go to Romans chapter 8, verse 26. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for those for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Mm. So God is saying that in our weakness, meaning that in our natural ability, we are weak. And when the areas that we're weak, God is strong. He's saying in our weakness, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. Now, is that not true? There are times where I'm sure you can attest to it. I know I can attest to it where sometimes you may not know what you need to pray for. So sometimes somebody can tell me a situation about a person and they can clearly, you know, tell me what the situation is. But in my natural ability, in my natural brain, I don't I can't say I know what God wants for them. Do you understand what I'm saying? I can't. I don't want to pray something that God doesn't want for them. So I can't pray, Lord, um, you know, and it's not pertaining to healing or anything like that, because I believe that God wants all of us healed. So I wouldn't even say that, you know, Lord, if it's your will to heal them. No, I'm talking about something from a standpoint of, you know, that's the thing. I don't know. <laughs> you don't know because your natural ability, you don't know. So if someone's telling you about somebody situation or marriage or whatever, I just begin to pray in the spirit. Now, not in front of the person, but in my own private time, I just begin to pray in the spirit for a period of time, maybe five or 10 minutes or whatever. And if you look at this verse that we just read, he says, that the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And sometimes it's what it's like. Sometimes I can be praying and it's as if I'm groaning. These groanings are coming out. See, you thinking it's scary. I know it's October, Halloween coming up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I want you to get all the fear and this scary and this boogie woogie stuff or whatever you're thinking out of your brain because this is, that is not what this is. So when I read groanings, I can just hear somebody saying, oh my goodness, I don't know if I want that. It's not that because once you're praying in the spirit, it's coming out of your spirit and you're releasing and you're praying over this person. Think about how much you are limited in praying in English. We are limited in praying in our natural language. I know I am. That's why 95% of my prayer is mostly in the spirit, you know? So somebody can say, pray for me. I'm going through my marriage. Okay, well, I'm supposed to pray. Lord, uh, I pray for sister so-and-so, brother so-and-so. They going through in their marriage. Uh, help them out. In Jesus' name, amen. That, that ain't, what's that going to do? No, the, the Holy Spirit knows. So I have to pray in the Spirit. 
And once I pray in the spirit, the Holy Spirit knows all about their marriage. He knows all about their situation. And he said with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And it says in verse 27, and the father who knows all hearts knows what the spirit is saying. For the spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. So you're praying the perfect will of God when you're praying in tongues. The perfect will of God. God doesn't have any imperfect wills. That's why I say it's perfect. Anything that God wills is perfect, period. Because he's perfect. So if somebody asks me to pray for them, if you're listening and maybe you reach out to me and email me or DM me or whatever, and you say, yo, pray for me in such and such area. Now, I'm going to pray for you as you ask me to because you may give me more detail. But there's still something that I don't know. And watch this. You may not even know what the root cause is that's causing you to go through that situation. But the Holy Spirit knows. So why not yield to the Holy Spirit? And begin to pray in the spirit since according to this verse you're praying the will of god he's making intercession for the saints we talked about intercession in part two you know i wanted to wait to part three to talk about tongues but when you're interceding tongues is a very very important part because like i said we're limited in praying in english so i let the holy ghost take over and i just begin to pray in the spirit and it's and when I say pray in the spirit, I don't mean God. He's not going to make you do it. So it's not like I can walk through Aldi or walk through a grocery store and I just start praying in the spirit. No, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. You can turn it on and turn it off. So there's no such thing as, listen, the scripture says that the spirit of the prophets are subject to the prophets. That's simply saying that you're always in control. The Holy Spirit is not going to make you get out of control. Demons do that. Okay, so... Anytime you're in church and someone is displaying the outward expression of what the of what the Holy Ghost is doing inside of them, they're just allowing the Holy Spirit to do that. But it's still their will. They're just allowing themselves to be free, whether it's to dance, shout, scream, or whatever. That's not the Holy Spirit making them do that. That's just the individual who's yielding themselves to the presence of God. Some. Now, there are some that just do it for a show, but you'll kind of recognize those type of individuals but i'm talking about just an outward display of the presence of god it may make you scream it may make you run it may make you jump but he's not making you do that it's just his presence you understand what i'm saying but your will is still involved he's not gonna make you jump he's not gonna make you scream that's an act of, that's an act of your will and you're just yielding to what you feel on the inside all right so what have we learned so far about tongues when you pray in tongues, you're praying directly to God. No man or woman knows what you're saying. Number two, when you pray in the spirit, you're building up your spirit. You're edifying yourself. You're getting stronger spiritually. Your spirit is getting strong when you pray in the spirit. It's like you're lifting weights. Number three, when you pray in the spirit, you're praying the perfect will of God. Number four, when you pray in the spirit, your spirit is praying. When you don't know what to pray for as you are, the Holy Spirit and your spirit will begin to pray and it will come out in an unknown language. It's unknown to you. OK, so you're not going to be praying something. And it's like, oh, I know everything I'm saying. No, I'm going to get into that. That's interpretation. Now, that's a gift. That's a ministry gift. Everyone doesn't have the ability to interpret what they're saying now. Out of me saying all of this, you may be asking, okay, well, how do I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? What do I need to do? Glad you asked. Let's go to Luke chapter 11. Look at verse 11. It says, if a son shall ask bread 
if any of you that is a father this is jesus speaking it says if a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father will he give him a stone it's a question mark or if he asks a fish will he for a fish give him a serpent or if he shall ask for an egg will he offer him a scorpion if you then being evil <laughs> know how to give good gifts unto your children how much more shall your heavenly father give the holy spirit to them that ask him so the way you receive the baptism of the holy spirit is to ask for it what do you mean ask for it just like i said ask god for it ask god to fill you with the holy spirit now that is one way simply asking god to fill you with the holy spirit now let's read about another way of getting filled with the spirit let's go to acts chapter 8 verse 14 through 17. it says now when the apostles were at jerusalem heard that samaria had received the word of god they sent unto them peter and john who when they were come down prayed for them that they might receive the holy ghost notice the key word it says they had already received the word of God. So they already received that Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is the son of God. That's the word of God. So he's trying to let you know that they were already saved. Okay. Verse 15 again, it says, who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they've only been baptized. He's saying that just when they're born again, they've only been baptized in Jesus name. That's it. They have not received the infilling or the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Verse 17. Then laid they their hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. So number two, another, another way you can receive the Holy Spirit is um, another believer laying hands on you now that's how i was filled with the holy spirit now i was still led in a prayer i still asked for the holy spirit to fill me with his presence now there was a believer there who laid hands on me as i prayed that and i can't describe it it was just like this language stuff started started flowing out of me and i began to pray in tongues and once i left i went home and i prayed in tongues some more and it i never stopped since then i'm i mean it's it's an amazing gift to receive now for some people who may be filled with the spirit this is in no way saying that a person who's filled with the spirit compared to someone who is not filled with the spirit doesn't make me more spiritual than you because there are people who pray in the spirit who are filled with the spirit that they're they shouldn't be but they don't operate in love they operate in hate or or just this attitude of not gratitude and you know once you do that and operate that way you don't love people you don't show love to people you look down on people but you say that you're filled with the spirit you know what the benefits that we read it won't benefit you let's go to first corinthians 13 verse 1 the first thing he says though i speak with though i speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love i am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal he says you just make a noise so if a person who's filled with the spirit praying in tongues but you are not walking in love you are mean you're acting like you don't even know god he says you just making noise 
that's all you're doing. So a key to really the benefit, to experiencing the true benefit of praying in the spirit is to walk in love. I can't mistreat people and then say, I'm going to go over here and just build myself up in the spirit. You don't get built up all right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, yo, ain't no benefit. God going to deal with you heavily on that. God don't play with the no love stuff. I'm telling y'all, no matter how spiritual you think you are, you mistreat people. God will deal with you immediately on that. He's a kind, loving, just God. No matter how many gifts you got, no matter how many you can prophesy, you can lay hands on people and people can receive sight that God, it, yo, you mistreat people, God ain't having it. I'm telling you, that's for any gift, whatever we got, God is not having us mistreating people. Love is, the, is your seal. That's how people know that you know God because of your love that we have for one another and the love that you have for people. Even people who don't know Jesus or who don't worship Jesus or who are in other religions and they say Jesus was a prophet. The main thing they can tell you about Jesus, if they don't know nothing else, they know that Jesus was love. And if you say you're a Christian and you're mistreating people, the first thing that they'll tell you is, well, Jesus, well, that's why people say, what would Jesus do? Because Jesus is it's love. He is love. God is love. He's loving. When the woman came out there where they brought that woman out, when she was caught in the act of adultery and the Pharisees wanted to point fingers at her and all that, Jesus came over to her and she was, you know, crying and embarrassed. He says, he that is without sin, let him cast the first stone. And they all begin to walk away. And he says, where are the people that accuse you or that condemn you? And she looked around and it was all gone. He says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. That's love. So although we're talking about tongues and you may still not be feeling it, and that's fine, but I'm being obedient and I'm putting these things on record because this is content that needs to be presented to the world through this platform. But I'm telling you, now I'm going to pray. And if you're listening and you may not be filled with the spirit, now, of course, you got to be born again. You, I mean, you have to have made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life in order to even experience his baptism. So if you're born again, you made Jesus Lord of your life. Let's pray this prayer with me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you thanking you for your gift. I thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. I thank you that as I've learned and as I've read in the scripture, that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for me. You said in your word that if I ask for the Holy Spirit, you will give them to me. Father, I ask you to fill me with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. I receive your gift right now and I thank you for it in Jesus name Amen now if you prayed that prayer only thing that I would tell you to do is to begin to worship and praise God as you worship and as you praise God you may feel something for lack of a better term in your belly the scripture describes them describes it as rivers of living water flowing out of your belly 
just allow the spirit of God to use you and speak through you and just let God have his way. Now, now I can go even deeper into this because there are other scriptures that I wanted to get to, but for the sake of time, I couldn't. But if you want more additional information on this subject, because I know it's like very, very deep into some controversial but if you want more information on this subject you can dm me you can email me at mmsmedia314 at gmail.com and i can get some resources to you or i can give you some additional scriptures or more clarity or whatever it is you need so if this podcast has been a blessing to you please share this with your family and with your friends follow me on all social media at mbills314 remember the book of romans chapter 3 verse 4 latter verse let god be true and every man be a liar Until next time, I'm out.